0: out knew what I wanted to do with the show where I was going had it laid out in my head I'm going to do this I'm going to talk about that we're going to discuss this and it all got thrown upside down today with the trade James Harden is being traded or is traded to the Brooklyn Nets from Houston Rockets in a four-team deal mind-blowing He's been saying, I want to get out of Houston. I don't want to be here. He said he wanted to go to the Nets. When he didn't think that was going to happen, he's like, hey, trade me to the Philadelphia 76ers. That didn't happen. But now a trade happened. He is going to Brooklyn to be with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Him and Durant meeting up once again from their Oklahoma City Thunder days where they went to a Western Conference final. So, man... Craziness in the NBA. This is a insane deal. Insane deal. Four-team trade. The Brooklyn Nets are getting James Harden and a second-round pick. The Houston Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion Kuroks. Four first-round picks. Four first-round picks. I kind of want to say it four times, but I'll only say it twice. Also, four pick swaps with Brooklyn. So they can swap picks out if they want to. Crazy. The Cavaliers got in the trade and they get Jared Allen and Tareen Prince in Indiana Pacers. Lost Victor Oladipo to the Rockets but pick up Chris Levert from Brooklyn Nets and a second round pick. Man. I think Houston actually walked away the victor. I really do. Exum is a pretty solid point guard. Victor Oladipo when he's not hurt, is a stud, all-star type player Four round picks. And you do not have James Harden on your team, hogging the ball, chucking up a million shots. Is he good for my fantasy team? Oh yes, yes he is. But as a player and wanting to play the game of basketball and having the best teammates around me, that's not James Harden. And when it comes to pressure moments and getting the job done, that is not James Harden. If you listen to episode 150 that we had with Robert Shelton, he breaks it down of why he doesn't like James Harden, and I agree with a lot of it. I do think he's a star. I do think he can put up points in bunches. He's proven it, but he is not going to win an NBA championship being the number one guy and playing how he plays. Cavaliers get a nice piece with Jared Allen going next to or behind even Andre Drummond. That's a pretty good front court. They move one of them to power forward and center, that can be very, very dangerous. I know Kevin Love is in the mix, but he's hurt a lot, so hey, maybe they need him. But even if they got Jared Allen coming off the bench, that's a pretty solid center coming off the bench because he could start pretty much everywhere except if you got somebody like Andre Drummond or Carl Anthony Towns. I'm really excited about this trade. I want to see the dynamic of Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden all on the same squad. They're all ball-first guys. They're all kind of weird personalities and say things they shouldn't, do things they shouldn't. I want to see what happens. This is going to be a reality TV show. This is no longer NBA basketball viewing here. This is reality TV, TMZ, E! Entertainment Network, Bravo, whatever you want to call it. That's what this is going to be with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, with the trade, the Nets are... Second in favorites or the odds to win the NBA championship behind the Los Angeles Lakers So they shoot up ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks ahead of Miami Heat ahead of the Los Angeles Clippers So people are thinking that it's going to be Brooklyn Nets and Los Angeles Lakers in the championship the NBA Finals That'd be crazy. That would be crazy, but I don't know if this is gonna work. We're talking about three headstrong guys And there's only so many buckets and so many minutes and so many possessions. I don't think there's enough for all three of them. I really don't. But this is crazy, crazy. Change the whole direction of the show, which I don't mind. I'm willing to do that when it's a bombshell, an explosion, like a trade like this. Oh, my gosh. I know I shouldn't be looking at my phone at work, but my phone kept lighting up, and I look, and it's... James Harden this, James Harden that, Brooklyn Nets this, and I'm like, oh my god, it did happen, it happened. So I I looked a little bit, I'm not going to lie, I probably got caught, I'll get in trouble. Nah, nah, they're cool, they're cool. But I had to look, right? I had to. Like I said, changed the whole show up, had to talk about that trade. Insane! This is episode 151, our guest on this show is Kaylee Shilkuski, a Hall graduate, now with the Illinois Valley Community College women's basketball team, and she has a crazy story. I'm using the word crazy a lot today, but you might hear it a couple more times. She has dealt with quite a few injuries in the last few years, has derailed her basketball career and seeing minutes on the floor and what she wants to do with the game, but she's sticking with it. She's not giving up. She keeps going back at it, goes to rehab, puts in the work to get back in the court and she's going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting to do her number one passion and that is the game of basketball. She shares all of that with us and it was inspirational. I mean, it's really cool to have that desire, that fight, to want to keep doing something even though your body or peers or whatever is telling you not to, life in general, Kaylee Shokoski's is like, nope, I'm doing what I want to do, that's play basketball. Big props to her, glad to be around her as soon as we get a season here and are able to practice and stuff like that. Hopefully I'll see Kaylee a lot because I am an assistant coach with IVCC. So we'll be able to talk some more and see her progression as the year goes through because right now still dealing with an injury that she speaks of in the conversation we had. Hopefully she can get some games in. That would be fantastic. Let's get the plugs in real quick before we jump into crazy amounts of topics. We got NBA and NFL and college basketball. In the deep dive, we got Harry Styles' Fine Line, an album from 2019. That's the deep dive. We're going to jump into that fantastic album, but I'll get to that after we talk some other stuff, including the plugs. Brian Cavelli, big shout out to him, was on episode 147 discussing his music career College, all that other stuff. He is the one that created the dynamic, the amazing, the I never want to turn it off. I'm always bobbing my head every time I listen to it. Of course, I'm talking about the intro and outro. So, big props to Brian Cavelli for hooking Edge of Your Seat Podcast up. Don't know where you're listening to this episode, but you can catch us on Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes. Also, social media Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook, Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. And if you want to, and you should, for any reason, question, suggestion, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, want to advertise with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, have a box score, have an interesting story, anything under the sun, feel free. Again, you should. You should just do this. Send an email to podcast at gmail.com. We're not done talking about the NBA. First... COVID-19 is running rampant. Games are canceled every day now. Players are having to sit out. The Philadelphia 76ers had a game, I think about a week and a half ago. They only dressed six players. Six players came to the court to play for the 76ers because of COVID-19. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's thinking this, but maybe they shouldn't have left the bubble. I know having every single NBA team in one spot is going to be difficult, but you might lessen the chance of what's happening right now. COVID-19 is taking over, players are getting it, games are being canceled. The bubble stopped all that. That didn't happen during bubble ball. So maybe they go back to it. I doubt it because of the amount of people that we're talking about having in this bubble and maybe it doesn't work as well as it did before. I mean, that's a scenario that could be correct, could be true. Maybe they're thinking of doing something a little similar to that instead of what's going on now. Chicago Bulls, everybody's favorite team, well, should be everybody's favorite team, are 4-7 right now, fourth in the Eastern Conference, Central Division, behind the Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers, and Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers are surprising me, not that they're world beaters, but playing pretty solid ball, especially Andre Drummond is... Played really, really, really well at his new home after he left Detroit. But I thought Bulls would be a little better than Cleveland. Still early. We're 11 games in. So who knows? They started off the season lost three straight. Won two against the Wizards. Lost a game. Then beat the Portland Trailblazers with Damian Lillard, who scored 24 points. With CJ McCullum, who had 26 to beat them 111-108. I was pumped up about that win, didn't think they had a chance to beat the Blazers. The next game, beat Dallas Mavericks 118-108. Little caveat here, Luka Doncic was not playing. If he was playing, eh, probably a different story. Probably a different story, that dude is amazing. One of my favorite players to watch in the league this year. That a game with the Boston Celtics canceled, The next game for the Bulls will be Friday at Oklahoma City, they meet the Thunder, hopefully the Bulls can pull that out, Thunder are a young team but not playing too bad, they got some guys that are stepping up and getting the job done. Speaking of getting the job done, Zach Levine has been playing well, getting his buckets, his field goal percentage, you know it is what it is, Cody White making moves, distributing the ball, scoring being aggressive. I love it. Second year in the league, and he's doing what you want to see from a first year to a second year jump. I love it. I know I dogged Patrick Williams when he got drafted with the fourth pick. I still don't think he is fourth pick eligible. Like, I don't even think he should have been in the conversation, but he's scoring double digits almost every game. He is a shooting big man, so he stretches the floor. Haven't had that in Chicago in quite a while, So he gives them a little versatility on the offense that they haven't had in quite some time. Which is cool. I still don't think he's a great rebounder, not a great defender. I think he's kind of useless on those realms of the world. But he's a rookie. He's really young. Got lots of potential and time to build. So I'm not hating him as much as I was before. Seeing him in action is making me appreciate him a little bit. He's still got a A lot of ways to run, a lot of ways to go. A lot to build on to be like, oh, okay, he was a good pick at number four. That will be determined in like five years. But still, hopefully he gets there. So Bulls four and seven, not a great team, not an awful team. They're young, and they're kind of fun to watch. I'm cool with that. I'm going to watch the Bulls all the time, but I'd rather watch something, a team that is exciting. If you're not going to win, flashy let's see you behind the back pass let's see some crazy dunks let's see you trying to play sacramento kings last year great example weren't winning a lot of games lots of fun to watch atlanta hawks the last couple years lot of fun to watch and as you're having fun watching these teams you're like hey a piece here a piece there and it's going to be fun watching them and fun watching the wins pile up Sounds like a bunch of wins, 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 if the Bulls can do that. And you already know, I'm hoping they do that. The next segment is brought to you by Shimmer Medona Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. And of course, we got to break down some football. We're going to start with the Bears. Heard about it yesterday, found out today for sure, for sure. Matt Nagy, Bears head coach. And the general manager, Ryan Pace, are staying with the Bears for at least one more go. Defensive coordinator, Chuck Pagano, is retiring, so we're going to have to replace him. Not mad about that. He really didn't do that great this past year, didn't use his personnel the way that he should. He did some things with Khalil Mack that I'm like, eh, what are you doing? There were some schemes with the secondary, thought that it could have been tightened up a little bit, and Chuck Pagano didn't do that, he's the caller. So he retires, we'll get somebody new in. Hopefully it's somebody worth it. Ryan Pace, maybe, okay. He's made some okay moves. He brought in Roquan Smith. He brought in David Montgomery. A Couple other guys that he brought in. But there's still this Mitchell Trubisky thing and there's still some gaping holes in the line and other places. Matt Nagy, his play calling is Very suspicious at times. Not seriously calling for his head, but I thought he was gonna get fired. Same with Ryan Pace, and they're back. So, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can build on a playoff berth, but they had to sneak in, and they had to have another team lose for them to get in. Life of a Bears fan. Life of talking about the Bears. We'll see what happens. I'm not extremely happy. I'm not really crazy upset either. But I thought they were going to make a change with Nagy and Pace, so I guess change is. Thought they were going to replace them, they're coming back. And that part of like being a Bears fan, like I should be sad that they're not in the divisional round of the playoffs that is happening this Saturday and Sunday. Today being Wednesday, January 13th, games just a few days away, down to the Elite Eight, super pumped up. But like I was saying... I should be sad the Bears are not there. Like, oh, they had a chance. No, they never did. They never did. Going into the game, there weren't many Bears fans, realistic Bears fans, that thought that they were going to beat the Saints. And I'm one of them. There was, in my mind, no way the Chicago Bears were going to knock off the Saints and go to the divisional round. So they lose in the wild card, 21-9, and that score doesn't even say the game right. They were getting pounced upon, it was 21-3, until Jimmy Graham made a spectacular catch to add some points. But other than that, the Bears looked awful, and they had to do it last second, and Jimmy Graham had to pull a rabbit out of a hat because Mitchell Trubisky just is not an accurate quarterback. But at least they made it look a little better, 21-9. So moving on to the Elite Eight this Saturday, Los Angeles Rams at Green Bay Packers. I'm going Packers. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I really do. I think it's going to be the Packers in there. And they kind of need it, I think. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. One of the best to ever do it. He's got one Super Bowl. I don't even know how you can say that. Like, I don't even get it. He's got one. He should at least have two. Maybe this is the year. Baltimore Ravens at Buffalo Bills. I want to see the Bills win. I want to see the Bills knock off the Ravens and get to that spot. They have not been this good in quite some time. Might as well go as far as you can. Sunday. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints. Saints beat the Bucs twice in the regular season. To beat a team three times in one season is rough. Rough, rough, rough at any level in any sport. So we will see. Oh, man. I'm kind of scared to pick here. But I'm going to pick the Saints anyway. I want to see Drew Brees battle the Packers. Like, if anybody is in the Super Bowl for the NFC that is not the Packers, I want it to be the Saints. And actually, I want it to be the Saints more than the Packers, because I hate the Packers. But realistically, there's that word again, I think Green Bay is a better team. But I would love to see Drew Brees win a Super Bowl or go to a Super Bowl and then walk away from the game. Because let's face it, it's going to happen. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with Tom Brady. They're getting up there. We're coming to an end of an era. Also on Sunday, AFC Divisional game, Cleveland Browns at Kansas City Chiefs. I would love to say the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they're making history for themselves. When they beat Pittsburgh in the wild card, first playoff victory for them since 1994. Just getting into the playoffs was the first time they've been in the playoffs in 18 years. They're a paving new paths for the Browns in Cleveland, which is cool. Problem is, now they've run into probably the best team in the NFL, the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, one of the most dynamic offenses. It's kind of hard to say the Chiefs are the best when you got Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New Orleans Saints. Their offenses are crazy as well. But Kansas City has got so many pieces, and they can move everywhere. i got to go Kansas City, sticking with my guns, sticking with my gut, but... It would be cool if the Browns could pull it out. That would be insane. But with the Browns getting to the playoffs, the team now that hasn't been in the playoffs the longest is the New York Jets at 10 years. That might go to like 40. they, man, they are not good and do not look like they're getting any better. One more little football thing before we move on. Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz wants a trade because he was benched for Jalen Hurts. And he should have been. He's a god-awful quarterback. I am mad because in one of my fantasy leagues this year, I fell asleep like 25 minutes before the draft. And guess who auto-drafted? Carson Wentz. It was awful, 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 awful. Wasted a high pick on a bum that really was in my lineup for like three weeks. Then I replaced him with like five other quarterbacks. Including Mitchell Trubisky, which I never thought I would do. But if you get benched for Mitchell Trubisky in fantasy football, that means you are god-awful. Just saying. So, you might get a trade, he might not, but it doesn't mean that he's gonna play anywhere. And if he does, that team's probably gonna be awful too. I hate to be so mean, but I gotta be real, right? It's what we do here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Carson Wentz is awful. The NFL segment was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first after a bad 2020 in every sense of the term Midota shimmer ford wants to help you usher in the new year 2021 with style comfort and great deals stop by and see the 2021 ford Bronco sport or the f-150 both of the crazy awesome vehicles are in stock at shimmer medona ford but these are just a few of the options at the dealership as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website www.MendotaFord.com whether you shop online or at Shimmer Mendota Ford located just south of Mendota on highway 251 manager Ski Hartman and his associates Tony Miles, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranek will use their experience and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021, just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. There's been some big news with the Chicago White Sox also. They signed right-handed pitcher, reliever Liam Hendricks for $54 million. Woo! That's a crazy deal, but the man deserves it. The last time the White Sox saw the 31-year-old Hendricks was game three of the American League wildcard game where he closed him up. (laughs) He closed out the White Sox, sent him packing, and now the White Sox are like, hey, we need that guy on our team. They call him Slida. And he's considered the best reliever in baseball at the moment. So why not? White Sox making a push, getting players having their whole fan base excited i'm excited to be excited about chicago white sox baseball doesn't happen all the time and hopefully we keep this momentum going and make moves and make this a place where people want to come and play and win that's the biggest thing want to play there and win Hendricks can do that in 2020 with the oakland athletics He pitched in 24 games, he had 37 strikeouts, 3 wins, 1 loss, 14 saves, he had a whip of .67, and an earned run average of 1.78 on 5 earned runs. Hendricks is a huge, huge addition to this bullpen. Listen to the names that are already in it. Aaron Brummer, Garrett Crochet, Cody Hewer, Evan Marshall, and Matt Foster. Just a few of them. In 2020, the Sox had the 7th best bullpen. Going into 2021, they're predicted to be the 2nd best bullpen. Of course, we're talking injuries, we're talking all kinds of intangibles that could affect things. On paper, the White Sox are predicted to have the 2nd best bullpen coming into next season. That's exciting. Exciting is a great word for the White Sox right now. So much positivity of what could happen for them. So we should all be excited. No doubt about that. A couple other baseball notes. Kyle Schwarber, let go by the Cubs. Signed a one-year, $10 million contract with Washington Nationals. Good pickup for Washington. I like Schwarber. I think he's a good ball player. He should do a lot of good for Washington. It's sad for the Cubs because they're blowing stuff up already already in rebuild mode, and getting rid of Schwarber was a key sign of that. Also, shortstop Francisco Lindor, I always like to say his name like that. Lindor, 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 was traded from the Cleveland Indians to the New York Mets. This is pretty much a one-year rental for the Mets. He's got one year left in his deal, and he's probably not going to stay there. So this is a one-year rental to kind of boost his trade bait. Maybe they trade him for other pieces, some prospects. But all this is is a baseball marketing money move. This isn't a long-lasting, oh, he's going to stay with the New York Mets and play baseball forever. That's not happening. This is a one-year money deal. Let's sell some tickets. Let's move him to get more pieces where the Mets are trying to get more pieces, some people are trying to get more physical fitness. Let's face it, it's not easy to get into shape or to stay that way. There are a few factors working against all of us, including time and work schedules, lack of a support system, maybe motivation is low, don't want to be judged or criticized of not supporting a gym rat body, or injuries, physical restrictions. However, there is a place where these no's or maybes become yes's. L.P. CrossFit. L.P. CrossFit, located at the Prumont across from Secret Nails, offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, not one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. A support group? L.P. CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation, the trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements including bodyweight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided, pushed at a productive, comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? You're welcomed with, hello, how are you, go get at it. You want a more relaxed approach? It's the same greeting. Hello, how are you, go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Some NCAA hoops action, men's style. I don't know if you caught the game yesterday, on Tuesday. Number seven, Michigan. thumped number nine, Wisconsin. 77-54. But that score is not telling you the game. Michigan had a 40-point lead at one time. Went on a 43-6 run. Their defense is crazy. They were playing team ball, passing it, moving it, pushing it. Always looking for open shooters, and if you didn't have the ball, you were moving, creating ways to score or help your teammates score. The way the game should be played, Michigan looked phenomenal. Phenomenal. And they definitely, in my eyes, are the best team in the Big Ten. Breaking down the Big Ten in the rankings of the top 25, according to the Associated Press. Michigan 7, Iowa is still above them at 5 which I don't really agree with. Iowa does not have a great defense. Can shoot the ball, but if they're not shooting well, it's tough. It's tough for Iowa. Wisconsin is 9, but obviously that was before they got thumped by Michigan. They're going to fall down. Illinois is sitting at 14. Wish it was a little higher, but 14's all right. Not too bad. And Ohio State is 21. Some other interesting things about the rankings. I love this year because of the differences at the top. Gonzaga is at the top of the polls, 12-0, undefeated. I love it. Baylor, number two on the polls, 11-0, undefeated. I love it. Villanova, they have had success, won championship in the last few years, but it's not always like that. So to see them still up there, number three, at 8-1, I love it. And not really a basketball school, even though they did have Kevin Durant quite a few years ago but Texas sitting at number four at 10 and one. That's a cool turnaround story. They're not really known as a basketball school. Of course, football, more of a priority in Texas. Which is even crazier though, is the almighty's, The heavenly college basketball gods of schools. Duke is at 19. Kentucky, not even ranked. Not even ranked on the top 25. And Kansas, six. Kansas not in a bad spot, but usually all three of them are in the top 10, like all year long. Or they'll fall down because they lose, and then they come back and they finish in the top 10 by the end of the year. Don't know if that's going to happen this go-around. A little more emphasis on Illinois. 9-4 right now, third in the Big Ten Conference with a 5-2 record. They sit behind Iowa's 5-1, and Michigan 6-0. It's weird, though, because Illinois Two losses in the conference were Maryland and Rutgers. Not that they're bad teams, but they haven't played Iowa. They haven't played Michigan. They haven't played Wisconsin. Even though hopefully they see the Wisconsin that played Michigan, but they haven't seen the best yet. Or at least not twice. They're gonna see him twice. They're gonna see him again. So hopefully Illinois can make some good things happen. Couple guys for Illinois making some awesome things happen. Junior Ao Desumu. Averaging 22.4 points a game and 4.8 assists, leading Illinois in those categories. Then you got sophomore center Kofi Cockburn, leading the team, the Fighting Illini in rebounds with 10.1 and blocks with 1.4. Awesome stuff from both players. I am a fan of both of them. Hopefully Illinois can go back up the rankings a little bit and have an amazing postseason make some noise in the tournament. That's what I'm hoping for. Hopefully, you're hoping for that too. Also hoping for SIU I'm an alma mater. Love the Salukis. Believe that SIU maroon instead of that crimson. I don't even know what red blood means. Mine's maroon. SIU started off the season 7-0, but have lost the last three. Lost to Evansville 84-72 after beating them the night before, and then lost two games to Drake. and 86-55. Drake is the real deal. The real deal. Sit at the helm of the Missouri Valley Conference. They're tough. They are really tough to beat. Do all the things right that you need them to do. Drake can make some noise in the tournament as well. Not saying they're going to get a high seed, but they can upset a couple people and make a push. I'm all for that. Now that Creighton's out of the Missouri Valley, I root for everybody. Of course, SIU first, but I got love for Bradley, I got love for Illinois State, and all the rest of the teams, including Drake. Never had love for Creighton, though. Never. Except now for the baseball team, because the friend of the podcast, friend of Edge of URC podcast, Jack Scary, is going to play baseball with Creighton. So I guess I'll give the baseball team some love, but they're not even in the Missouri Valley Conference anymore anyway, but you know, there's still some grudges. Got some grudges still. Let's hit up one more sponsor, and then we got a deep dive. Deep dive into Harry Styles' fine line. It's cold, and that usually means no more renovations, no more home improvements, but that ain't true. Olsa Construction works hard to help its customers, even in the winter. They can do work inside. Stairs and tiling and garages and sheds absolutely anything that you can think of doing indoors, Olsen Construction can still help, even if it's negative degrees outside. Brothers Keith, miles and Tommy Olsen will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job, whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. For a free estimate, call Olsen Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olsen Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to Construction 19 at gmail.com. Now it's time for one of my favorite segments of Edge of Your C Podcast. I'm a music guy just as much as a sports guy and got to dive into music, got to dive into albums. And if you haven't heard any of the last few deep dives, we have been diving into the Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time list that they reinvented, renovated, changed, updated September of 2020. So not too long ago. So we put out a poll. We started at 500. Had the last four on the list. And we're moving on up. The next four. The next four. This time, we got number 491, Harry Styles, Fine Line. I've already said the album name probably four times on this podcast because I love it. I love this album. I'm glad the listeners chose this. I really didn't know who he was. I did not know he was with One Direction. I did not know that he was a singer on a TV show, X Factor, which is pretty much the British version of The Voice or American Idol, one of those. Didn't know he was on that. Didn't know he got eliminated and then picked back up to be a member of One Direction. I had no idea any of that. It was on the list. I had heard one song, Watermelon Sugar. Thought it was a cool song. Wasn't expected to be blown away by this album. What is really cool is on the list, on the Rolling Stone list, this is the most recent. So 491, it is the most recent album as it came out in December of 2019. So there is no albums on this list from 2020. That's it, Harry Styles is the newest on this list. And it's his second album. His first album was self-titled, Harry Styles, in 2017. Then he comes out with Fine Line, a couple years later in 2019, Another random fact I found out about Mr. Harry Styles that I had no idea. The man has 60 tattoos. Not one, not two, 60. And you would never notice, if he's fully clothed, not seen a single tattoo. No necks. No face. I don't think I've seen any hand tattoos. Nothing. So he loves to get tattoos, and he's discreet about it. Puts some places where they mean something to him, and doesn't have to show it off to the world. I respect that, 60 tattoos are a lot. And if you're fully clothed and never see them, that's impressive. That doesn't happen in 2021. Okay, just wanna drop off that little fun fact. Back to his career. Was it a few movies? Of course he was in two One Direction movies. They were huge, I guess, when I wasn't paying attention to that kind of stuff at all. Came out when I was in college or maybe at a newspaper all the time. I'd heard the name, the little nieces listened to it. I had no idea what they were, who they are. Again, no idea Harry Styles was from Run Direction. Kind of surprised me when I found that out. Also in a movie called Dunkirk, which was a war movie, he was in that. And he's been casted as Jack in Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry Darling, which should be out, I think, in the next year or two. But he's taken Shia LaBeouf's spot. He probably got the boot or he probably was all messed up and they're like hey we need harry <laughs> so harry is going to be in don't worry darling as soon as that starts production and comes out and is released and seems like an interesting movie and one more quick thing before we start talking about fine line as an album harry is supposed to go on tour starting in february february twelfth, 2021 called the love on tour and right now there's 85 announced dates So hopefully this COVID-19 thing still lets him do that, travel the world, and perform his songs, and especially the awesome songs of this album. I have not heard anything off of the first album, Harry Styles, in 2017, but this album, Fine Line, like I said, is absolutely amazing. I'm going to say that about 16 times. Oh man, it was so good. So good. I listened to it about two or three weeks. That's kind of why this got pushed off, and... Had a little break and other things, but I'm glad I took that to listen to this album and fully appreciate it and listen to it as many times as possible. Fineline had a debut of number one on the U.S. Billboard charts, which means both of his albums so far, Harry Styles and Fineline, both debuted at number one in the U.S. That's awesome. Fineline was number three in the U.K. in its opening. But on the U.S. charts, not only... Was he number one again with Fine Line? But he broke the record for the biggest debut for a British male artist, earning 478,000 album equivalent units. You know we're in 2021 with streaming and all the other ways to get music. So 478,000 album equivalent units. Woo! Ended up going double platinum already. So he's double platinum. And the album is a little bit over a year. Turned a year old December 13th, January 13th. So we're a year and a month in, he's already double platinum. 2021, I'm really impressed by that. Award-wise, four, Fine Line. Was nominated for Album of the Year for 2020 Brit Awards. Didn't win. He's nominated for three Grammys, the 2021 Grammys that have not happened yet nominated for Best Pop Vocal Album, his song Watermelon Sugar is nominated for Best Pop Performance, and Adore You, another song off the album, is up for Best Music Video. I'm surprised that's even an award anymore. Nobody watches music videos, maybe on YouTube, but that's about it. He did win an award from the American Music Awards for Favorite Pop Rock Album. So, he's winning some awards, getting some recognition for how amazing, there's that word again, this album truly is. So far, there are six singles off the album, Lights Up, Adore You, Falling, Watermelon Sugar, Golden, and Treat People With Kindness. Treat People With Kindness actually just came out, was released as a single January 9th. So four days ago, this came out as a single. There's only 12 songs on the album, so six of them, half of the album, are singles. But honestly, listening to this album, all 12 are radio-friendly. Radio-friendly is a good way to discuss this album. It's melodic. It's storytelling at its finest. There are songs where they're really sad and depressing. But if you put them on, you think you are dancing. Or you're at a dance hall. Or you're smiling. You listen to the words, you're probably not smiling. But the music the tone of it isn't really depressing. Some of the words and the meanings behind the songs and the relationships, let's face it, this whole album is a relationship. It's one giant relationship, all parts of it. From before meeting the girl, to meeting the girl, to falling in love, to adoring, to breaking up, to hating, to trying to reconnect, every single stage of relationship is in this album. Every single song, Is about the relationship and the way it folded, it molded, it broke, it bended, it all of it. Really, really well done. It's creative. The storytelling again, amazing. The writing was phenomenal. And there are a little few other things, like it's earthy. Lots of fruits and vegetables and flowers and the way he was able to symbolize things with. Items or scenery that we're all very aware of was amazing. Really, really, really well done. The album was 46 minutes, 43 seconds. And honestly, I would put it on as I'm getting ready for work. I walk to work every day. Got to stay, try to stay in shape. And I live close enough to be able to do that, which is amazing. And by the time I got to work, I probably had like a song left. Or maybe two. It was awesome. I got to listen to the whole album pretty much every day if I wanted to not really workout music because that's sometimes where i'll listen to the albums not really workout music once you start listening to the words and diving in and you're like man i don't want to cry here like i'm trying to do a bench press i'm trying to get swole i ain't trying to cry so not really workout music but it's also music that like anybody can listen to like the music itself kids probably don't understand what it is but they listen to anything anyway it doesn't really matter but music wise like i said the tones, the harmony, the riffs, whatever, it's all pop-ish, country-ish, 60, 70 rock-ish. Like feel-good tones, even though it might not be feel-good meanings. Anybody can listen to that. It's almost like elevator music with words. Okay, maybe not elevator music, a little rougher than that. Not rough, but you know, a little more extreme or expressive than elevator music. But anybody can listen to it. The way they used seemed like banjos and ukuleles and pianos, and they did it a lot with this album. So instead of just like beating around the bush, let's get into it. Let's talk some songs. I'll give my rankings at the end. First opening track was Golden, and it let you know from the jump what you're getting into. It let you know this is a relationship, this is how it works. And bam, one of the opening lines, Harry says golden a few times, and then this is what he says. As I open my eyes, hold it, focus, hoping, take me back to the light. I know you were way too bright for me. I'm hopeless, broken. This is after the relationship is over. So that's how he's starting it. He's not starting like, oh, I haven't met you yet. I'm looking for somebody. He starts at the end and then works his way to the middle and then kind of goes to the end again. It's kind of what he did. It's like he took the end of a relationship for track one and track 12 and worked in the middle. Again, really creative. I liked how they pieced the songs together. He's saying, I don't want to be alone. I wish I was bright enough for you. I wish I was on your level. I wish we could do this again. Changes some things, obviously not all the same, but he's trying to focus. He's trying to hang on. He wants to see the light. And the lights going away solid song added to my spotify playlist we'll listen to it again the second song watermelon sugar if you haven't heard this song you really don't listen to the radio or like popular music this has been everywhere and this is the first sight the first i guess hearing the first thought of the fruits i mean he talks about berries and strawberries in this song And then as you go on, there's cherries and sunflowers and lemons and rainbows and all these things that he uses to express how he feels about either the woman herself or about memories. There's canyons and the symbolism is on every song, pretty much, and Watermelon Sugar starts that. And it's kind of a creative way of saying, hey, I want to sleep with you. That's kind of what Watermelon Sugar is about, to be honestly, without saying, hey, Why don't you come over to my house? Or let me come over to your house. Creative way of saying I'm really into you. Three, the third song, Adore You. Exactly what the name of the song is. Here's the chorus. You don't have to say you love me. You don't have to say nothing. You don't have to say you're mine. And then goes into all the ways that he wants to show that he adores you and gives you pictures of how much he adores you without having to do anything, like, hey, this is what I think of you. So good title, good song, and honestly, it's one of the happier songs, like you're adoring somebody. It's not the heartbreak, not any of that stuff, like he's, he adores you. He's into you, without the uh, subtle hints of sleeping together. Fourth song was Lights Up. It's kind of like I'm never going back. It's after a breakup. I'm done. My heart's been broken a million times. Like, it would have been cool, would have been sweet if we could have everything stay the same and it didn't change, but it did. And we can't go back to that. After you've lived through that, there is no returning to the innocent times before there's the battles and the wars of a relationship. Once that happens, there's a lot of forgiving and a lot of trying to get over stuff that some people just can't do. He even says it here. All the lights of the world... Wouldn't change the heart from being dark. Not this time around. It's not happening. You might have did it before, but I can't go back. It meant a lot to me. Really, really connect. Most of these songs, I definitely connect to. I've been through a couple of relationships. Obviously not ended well, single man. And having this whole album of relationship definitely had me in my feels and had me in my mind and had me thinking a lot. So if you've been through a relationship and you do not want to relive any of that, maybe you don't want to listen to this. If you're cool with that and you can battle that stuff in your heart and you can think wisely and move past it and just remember memories and, you know, it's a story. It's your story. You have it to tell. You have it to remember. If you're okay with that, listen to this album all the time. All the time. It's like an episode of Dr. Phil through music. Seriously. The fifth song was Cherry. Cherry kind of folky it's like a ukulele or a banjo just jamming out but the meaning behind the song is rough it's about the next relationship for the other person so you see your ex-girlfriend or your ex-boyfriend in another relationship and how that makes you feel how you hate it how that makes you miss the person makes you miss things that only you two connected with you never had that part of a relationship with somebody else but now she is having it or he is having it with somebody else. That awful, gut-wrenching feeling, that's what he's talking about in this song. There's one line talking about how he dresses, he sees how his ex-girlfriend left those impressions, how he dresses how she would want him to, or how they would dress together. The lasting impressions, the lasting effects that she left on him. That's tough, that is very tough to get over, for sure. What is really cool about this is the very very end of the song is a woman speaking in French. It is actually the voicemail from his ex-girlfriend, Camille Roll. So I looked up the translation because I was really interested to see what this was. And it's a voicemail and this is what she said. Hello, are you asleep? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, no, it's not important. Well, well we went to the beach and perfect Harry. So she leaves a voicemail about her going to the beach with somebody else. Harry is having some troubles here. Cannot get over her. Like this is a problem. Thinking about you with other people or this other guy. And she leaves a voicemail and says that. Like yeah we went to the beach. It was perfect. And then says it in French. The most romantic language ever. I don't know, maybe Italian. Italian's pretty romantic too. But man, 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 man. If you haven't noticed yet, this album is really intimate. Like this is him laying out this relationship, whether it is one relationship or a few, all in one album. And it is intimate and right on. Like it's spot on. Maybe not exactly to each part of your relationship or a relationship you've been to, but you've seen it in movies. You've seen your friends go through it. You've seen your family members go through it. Maybe your mom, if you had a stepdad and saw them divorce their dad or the dad divorced the mom, however that goes. This is some real stuff here. And he got very, very intimate about his personal relationships. And having a voicemail from your ex say, man, I'm on the beach with somebody else. Oof. 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 That's rough. That's rough. It was a great song, though. He was smart for doing it. It made the song feel real and feel impactful and feel like you were in the situation with him. Like, as a bro, I kind of wanted to put my arm around his shoulder or if I was going through this, which I may have, he was doing the same for me. Like, hey, man, I got you. Let's have a beer. Let's have a sandwich. Man, made me feel for him on that one. Six, Falling. This is about being alone after the breakup. Like you're just sitting there thinking and all you can do is think and you're alone. There's nothing there. You're thinking about what happened. You're retracing every step of the relationship. Why did I say this? Why did she do that? When she said this, why didn't I react like that? All of those things. Ever been in a relationship and broke up? That's what happens. And he nailed it to a T here. What did I say? Why can't I take that back? I don't got that opportunity to take it back and why did I say it? And then you're sitting there and you know you said it. So like, hey, this is what it is and it hurts because it's not what you initially wanted. You wanted change, you wanted to be in love, you wanted that person there with you. And then it got messed up and you can't change what messed it up. The writing and falling is absolutely amazing. If you don't listen to any other song, listen to that. I didn't mark it as my favorite song, But some of the subtle hints and the storytelling about how the relationship worked in this instance, about being alone after he broke up or they broke up, it's fantastic, fantastic. Seven is to be so lonely. The ukulele is strong in this. He knows he did wrong. He's sitting there alone at home. He's thinking about the girl. And there's a million creative ways of how to say sorry in this song like he's saying sorry in different ways really really enjoyed it and again it's a sad song like the words are sad the meaning is sad but the ukulele and how it flows is not sad at all not at all it's joyous almost eight is she slow got a 70s vibe to it like a 70s rock 70s pop kind of deal it breaks down a day where the guy is doing nothing but thinking about the woman, gives exact times, exact moments, dropping off kids, sending the assistant at work to go get coffee, daydreams, a whole day of thinking about this person, because it's she, she has a whole of his heart and is thinking about her all the time. The writing, again, fantastic, really, really well done, I don't think, Any song in this album has bad writing. It was written really, really, really phenomenally. But this is not my type of song. It's really, really slow compared to the other ones where it's kind of like joyous and fast. This one will sit there and make you think and make you get down. If you're okay with that, cool. Not my type of vibe, but a good song. Number nine is Sunflower, volume six. It's got a Caribbean feel to it. And there is a rift in there. The best part of music in this album. The best part. I love it so much. I'm replaying it right now in my head as we speak. I'm not talking like a Led Zeppelin, nothing like that. I'm talking just a really, really, really cool, again, Caribbean vibe. So it's kind of like a guitar, kind of like a ukulele, kind of like a banjo all at one time. And I could see somebody on a beach at Hawaii, Jamaica, wherever, just doing this, going nuts. And it was fantastic. If you didn't figure it out, Sunflower is equivalent to woman. Says Sunflower as in like he's talking to a woman. The woman, the ex. But it's like before they met. So this is the night song and it's kind of like the before they met process. He was shy, he didn't want to act a fool. He wanted to dance with you and kiss you and looking at the shape of your lips and want to be with you but doesn't know how to go about doing it. 10, Canyon Moon. This is a 60s, 70s feel. And now we're on the back end. Now, the last three songs are the healing process, the ending process. And that's all this is about. This is him trying to heal, thinking about the romantic time that they had, Canyon Moon, all the things that they did there. Looking up at the skies, looking up at beautiful scenery, and never wanting to leave, but realizing you have to. Just like in this relationship, never wanted to leave, but you had to. Or there was a moment where you wanted to leave, and then look back and you didn't want to. And you're sitting there thinking and trying to heal, but you're remembering those beautiful moments that you had. So the beautiful moment is equivalent to Canyon Moon. And Canyon Moon, that beautiful moment, is equivalent to one of their finest times together. That moment that he wants to remember, that he wants to enjoy with that person. And not think about all the other stuff that has happened. It's that moment, Canyon Moon. 11, treat people with kindness. This is totally a 60s, 70s, old school, feel-good song. It's like KC and the Sunshine Band or the Bee Gees. Yeah, I felt like I had a peace sign and the peace glasses and really long hair and I was hopping out of a van. It's kind of what it felt like. Felt like a hippie for a minute. But it's about the relationship being over. Maybe we could be cool. Maybe there's a second chance. We treat people with kindness. You know, things happen the way we want them to happen. The final song, number 12, was Fine Line. So the title track, Fine Line. Off the album, Fine Line. I didn't feel it at first, it was okay, melodic, but then I listened to it a few more times and I, I, I like it a lot. The opening line in this song is my favorite part of the album writing wise. Put a price on emotion, looking for something to buy. You've got my devotion, but man, I hate you sometimes. You dig into that, putting a price on emotion, on a heart, and how much you would spend to be with that person and to devote yourself to that person, but then to counteract and contradict the things that had happened that made you at the same time hate that person, even though you loved them so much at one time. It says it all right there in those four little lines. The music itself is pretty phenomenal, it's great. It's like a triumphant, you made it out of this alive sorta kinda. And he says, we'll be all right, we'll be a fine line, quite a few times. The song is 6 minutes and 17 seconds. And the music is pretty much most of it. With, of course, will be a fine line. We'll be alright. And I like that as the last song. That was probably the song out of these 12, to pick as the last one, that would be the one. That would be the one. It was really, really, really well engineered. It just flows. It is what an album to me is supposed to be. It tells a story, a lifeline, a relationship, a love, a hate, a passion, a regret, a moments in your life that you will never, ever, ever forget, and it's on music. Amazingly well done. And if this is at 491, man, I can't wait to start blasting through these albums. Because, oh my God. Like, if there's writing like that somewhere in here, And I know John Mayer is on the next poll. The next poll is up, by the way. You can vote for the next deep dive on Facebook and Twitter. Edge of Your C Podcast on Facebook. Edge of Your CP on Twitter. Please vote. Add to the numbers. And maybe the one that you want is the one I listen to. And we break that down the next time. Cannot leave the deep dive yet, though. Gotta break down the rankings. I'll start at... 12, and i work my way up to my favorite Number 12 song to me on this album Out of the 12 songs was She It's slow, that 70's feel Just not my kind of vibe musically I get the song I actually thought it was intelligent Breaking down a day and how this person This guy thinks about this girl all the time Doing normal stuff Dropping off the kids, thinking about her Sending the assistant for coffee, thinking about her Those things really happen. So the lyrics, awesome. Song, just not my kind of feel, not something I would listen to repeatedly. 11, in my poll, my ranking, Treat People With Kindness, that 60s, 70s, old school vibe. You know, Bee Gees, KC and the Sunshine Band, before my time, not my kind of music either. But I get why he did it. Made the album kind of come together, actually. 10, Canyon Moon, again, the 60s, 70s feel. I liked the symbolism and you know the beautiful skies referring to beautiful woman and things of that nature. Just really wasn't one of my favorite songs. And honestly, these three songs that I just said are the only ones that I did not put on a Spotify playlist. The rest of them, I did. Every single one of the other ones. So the other nine are all on Spotify. Nine I went with Fine Line. The title track of the album I mean, that one line, the starting line of the song. Put a price on emotion, looking for something to buy. You've got my devotion, but man, I can hate you sometimes. I love that line. I will never forget that line, actually. And I liked the music, triumphant. Hey, I made it out of this relationship. We'll be all right. We'll be a fine line. Eight, I went Watermelon Sugar. Cool song. Catchy. understand the meaning of it definitely see here the symbolism of I want to sleep with you but I'm not gonna say I want to sleep with you I get it (laughs) definitely get it good song definitely on a playlist just like some of these others better including 7, Golden, the real way to start off a album like it just kicks it off really well it tells you what's gonna happen it is letting you know that hey This is about a relationship, and this is a part of it. And it starts with the end of the relationship, and works the whole album with the beginning of this. Really amazing. Six, Adore You, a happy song. And I think more people should be like that, showing how you adore somebody, showing how much you love them and care about them, whether it's through action or through voice. I really like that and appreciate that, and I try to do it every minute that I can. Five Cherry, I liked the folky, ukulele, banjo kind of feel and although it sucks and it hurts I understand, relate, and have felt this feeling actually not too long ago about the next relationship you see that person with somebody else or you know that they're with somebody and you think about the things that you guys did together and what that person meant to you And what you thought you meant to them. The lasting impressions that you leave on somebody. And it hurts. And that gut-wrenching feeling. It's like, ah! But it's way worse than that, actually. It feels way worse than that. And then the voicemail from the ex-girlfriend, Camille Rowe, in French. Man. Man. Saying, hey, I'm on the beach with somebody else. It's perfect, Harry. Whew. Man. Man, man. Four. Lights up. About never going back to a... A relationship after a breakup and how you were hurt and it would be sweet if things would be like they were before but it isn't and it never could be I relate to that a lot a lot a lot seems like every relationship I get in there's a breakup about seven times it sucks it hurts But you don't want to quit so I get this song completely but once that light goes away from the heart it's hard for that light to come back on it really is Three, falling. The song is beautiful. It makes so much sense. Being alone after a breakup and thinking about everything that happened and the writing, just fantastic. Two, I went to be so lonely. The ukulele was amazing. I like the vibe. I like everything. Know you did wrong. You're sitting there trying not to be alone. You're thinking about this person that should be with you but is not with you because either something you did or. They did but you're still saying sorry and the different ways of how he's saying sorry was really creative and a great song and then one sunflower volume six i like everything about it the caribbean feel that one rift that's in there is insanely awesome you never heard the song check out this song just for that rift. and you might not know where the rift is but as soon as you hear it you'll be like oh, oh that's what brandon's talking about that's it that's it because it's amazing I like how he calls a woman, Sunflower, the entire time I mean, for the most part, that's a satisfying equation I mean, as a guy, when you see a woman, or you're with a woman that you love and they're beautiful and you admire them Sunflower is a great simile, a great way to express that So that is definitely my favorite song And man, album is amazing, check it out if you have not before I get out of here, before we get to Kaylee, a couple things I want to discuss real quick. First of all, I did not talk about the domestic terrorism at the Capitol building. That made us look like a third world country. Did not support that. And then to have the president on video saying kind of to do that stuff, to support him to act like our votes in our election didn't matter because he didn't win. Ridiculous And it warranted him being impeached today. Should have been impeached probably two years ago. Maybe three. Got impeached for the second time today. Only president in the history of the United States of America to be impeached twice. Man, what a buffoon. What a buffoon. Uh, We did it to ourselves. I mean, he got voted in. We got to start really paying attention to who we're voting into these things. Not a good move from us whole country. I'm not blaming a party, a Democrat, a Republican. I'm blaming us as a people because that's what's really important. Party doesn't mean anything. It's like a game. It's like governmental games. But Bloods and Crips give hugs. Bloods and Crips do things together for the community. Why can't our government do things together, Democrats and Republicans, to make our world, our environment, our country a great place again? Not gonna crazy dive into a political conversation. That's really all I got to say. You should have been impeached. And if you were involved in the Capitol building barrage or thought it was cool or that they should have done that, I don't agree with you at all. No, I do not. That was awful. Bad decision, bad idea. And it really, really made us look like a third world country and we're not Americans. We have no reason to do that to. Ours. That's ours, that's our building, that's our people. Why are we attacking them? Because you don't agree with them? Because somebody else told you something to do? Ugh. Bad moves all around. Well, sorry to end that like this. Actually, I'm not. Everybody has a voice. Talk about it, be about it, support what you support. I'll always, always believe in that. Just you don't attack people and try to run up on a building that's the Capitol building. That means so much to Americans all across the country. You just don't do that. But they did, and now they got the consequences. few died. One woman got shot in the neck. I mean, what would you think was going to happen? You ran up on a governmental building. All right. Let's get to Kaylee. Kaylee Shilkuski. Awesome guest. A lot of fun talking to her about basketball, and she's inspirational. She has been through so much injury-wise and continues to move forward and not let it hold her back. Let's get to that. Until next time, peace. It has been an insane year. 2020, obviously, will be known as the COVID-19 era, and right now, 2021 is, you know, on the same path, unfortunately. Well, with that said, basketball has suffered here a lot on all different levels, and my friend, my guest today, Kaylee Shilkuski, is a member of the Illinois Valley Community College women's basketball team, played at Hall, and there's no basketball. Kaylee, how's it going?
1: I'm doing pretty good. You? I
0: am doing all right. I think we're both struggling without basketball.
1: Yeah, it's not fun not having much to do around here.
0: Right, that's totally true, (laughs) totally true. It's like you go to work and then I go home. That's it.
1: Yeah, nothing too exciting about that.
0: No, not at all, not at all obviously we start this with basketball that is how I know you let's talk about your career here because it has been subject to a lot of injuries I know kind of freak injuries kind of long-lasting injuries and it's been a long story so let's start with hall basketball and get to where we are right now with IVCC
1: my injuries were like we'd have to go back all the way to like my junior year and it was like the fourth game I would have to say and I was trying to take a charge and you turn and my knee popped and all I could tell my mom because she came down was that it can't be my ACL it can't be because if it was I knew how long it would be because a lot of my friends kind of went through it before me and I was like man it can't be that and little did I know it was It was just a long road after that because once you get hurt, you don't realize how much motion, like, flexion and extension means. And I could never get it. And then it was kind of just a long recovery, like, am I going to get better? Am I ever going to get back to where I was? And then that's how I had to get, like, my second, my third, and my fourth, sadly, over the years. And then, like, six weeks ago, I had my fifth knee surgery because I tore my meniscus in practice and then they had to clean some things out. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that I can be back this season and get to where I was before this, after my fourth one, when I felt perfectly fine. So hopefully, I'll be able to get to where I'm meant to be this season with my teammates.
0: You've torn your ACL four times.
1: I tore once, and then I looked at my meniscus, and I had a micro fracture the first surgery. Then the second surgery and the third surgery and the fourth one were all, like, killing out, like, debridement because of scar tissue and if I had any other cartilage. So they took those out, yeah, for two, three, and four.
0: Do you send your doctor's Christmas cards?
1: <laughs> I haven't done that yet.
0: That's a lot of... Going under the knife.
1: Yeah, I kind of had to get used to it, and it's not something you want to get used to. As you're going through these injuries
0: and, you know, trying to play basketball, something that I know that you love to do, what is going through your head? The first one, you know, it's unfortunate, and then get another injury, another injury, another surgery. What is going through your mind as these are happening?
1: Like, after all of them, it's kind of like, should I, like, keep playing? And then it's kind of like, yeah. I always thought eventually I'll get better and I'll be back but I never knew like how good because you know when you get like an injury like this, sometimes they're career ending and I feel like a lot of people thought that just like when you go through it, a lot of self-doubt goes through your mind a lot of the times and then you're like, can I do this? And then like jumping, you have to relearn to walk and jump and run. So you're kind of questioning all of your mobility and everything that you can do. So I had a lot of self-doubt, but as soon as I kept getting better in rehab and doing certain things, that, like, went away. Like, I can do this. I can become better than what I was once. The realization and little things kind of had to help me see the bigger picture. Definitely.
0: With these surgeries, how many games were you able to play with Hall?
1: It would have to be, I remember I came back – brown christmas break senior year so i missed from after thanksgiving of junior year all the way to christmas break senior year and then i had about like the month of january and then like week or two in february that's kind of all i had left for um varsity
0: and you have not suited up for a game for ivcc yet correct
1: i have not yet
0: hopefully we can get you out there this season that'd be awesome
1: that would be, especially with the teammates
0: I have. It'd be nice to compete with them. As of right now, schedule's supposed to start January 18. practice, get some games in. Short season seasoned as teams in the Arrowhead Conference and junior college ball in general, opting out, not playing, 10-game schedule. It's definitely going to be a different time of life for basketball people.
1: It really will be, and especially since we have to adapt to so many changes, like wearing our mask, like on the sidelines, and like the one we got the text from Coach yesterday that when we play Carl Sandberg twice, we'll have to wear masks during the game. So that'll have to also be an adjustment to like being able to withstand like fatigue and everything with a mask on. I have one
0: worked out at Planet Fitness, and you have to have a mask on there, and it is brutal. So I cannot even imagine playing a full basketball game with a mask on.
1: I'm nervous to see how that would go. I have to wear it when I go work out and when I go to rehab. And it's not fun, like you said, but hopefully it might be a little easier maybe the more we do it and we practice with them on, maybe.
0: Kind of if you adapt to it, I guess? Yeah. No, that's a crazy adaption. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, This thing has been so crazy weird, and obviously doing this podcast, talked to so many people about it, and it's, you know, nobody's happy about it. We all understand we have to do it, but just the things that we have to do just to be able to play the game of basketball, it's pretty crazy. Yeah,
1: and who would have thought before all these, like, precautions we have to take and everything just to, like, play a game or watch a game.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be way different playing in front of nobody. It's going to be an empty gym.
1: Playing those like scenarios in my head, it's just going to feel like, obviously no one will be there, but it's just going to feel like it's like a scrimmage or you're just playing against other people. Like, say you go to the park and you play. To me, that's what it would more feel like then, because no one's going to be there to like cheer you on. What if they
0: say, hey, we're not going to have
1: five-on-five,
0: full-court ball, we're just... Gonna play a game of 21.
1: I think that would be interesting, (laughs) especially. But I feel like anything could change or anything could happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, every day I'm just waiting for like new news or like something's gonna change or another date or, you know, you're going day by day. There's like nothing planned ahead of time.
1: Yeah, and if you look too far ahead and then like you're gonna be like, why'd I think so far ahead or try to be optimistic so far ahead when this could also. Like set set in stone, but this could also be taken from us in a snap of the fingers.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: When is a timetable for your return, or to be
0: able to play after you know tearing your meniscus and practice?
1: Mm-hmm. I go see the doctor next week. Hopefully, if anything, I have either rehab for another few weeks, which I'm thinking I might, and then being able to practice during those times, and hopefully once I'm done. After those few weeks, I'll have a green light and I'll be able to participate in the games, hopefully some point.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. I know we kind of talked about this brushed around about it earlier, but, you know, with that many surgeries and with the possibilities of more injuries or worse injuries or something like that, why continue to play?
1: Just because my passion, it's like what I love to do. Uh, like everyone else has like their sports i just love playing basketball and i don't know what i kind of like do without it and i want to keep progressing and play as long as i can and if i can keep playing why not keep playing i hopefully want to keep moving up transfer somewhere and play and move on as much as i can before one day i can't play anymore
0: gotcha i mean you could be a coach
1: My mom has said that a few times, and she thinks I can do it. So when I'm done, I might take that up and, like, train some people, too.
0: You said your mom and your dad. What are their names? Got to give them a shout-out.
1: Kim and Scott. Big props to them. It's a
0: lot of driving back and forth to hospitals.
1: Yeah, and especially that my new doctor is, um, like, a specialist in Chicago area, like Oak Park, Oak Brook,
0: so we have to take a drive to get up there. It's crazy. Putting some miles on the vehicles, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. What got you into basketball in the first place? Did you grow up watching it or just played it as a little kid? And you're like, hey, I love it. This is what I want to do.
1: Kind of, I guess, funny story. I grew up playing soccer. And then I was in, like, fourth grade. And at JFK, they had, like, this basketball. I don't think it was, like, intramural. But it was, like, something like camp or something like that and I'm like that sounds like fun and then like I got into it then and then when I came around in like fifth grade I did it and then there's like a shootout I was able to do and then there's like intramural and like end of fifth grade and I'm like this is something and then I just kept practicing after that and fell in love with it about fourth grade nice
0: nice what is your favorite NBA team
1: um the Golden State Warriors
0: now, was this before they became good, or did you wait till they had Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson?
1: This would have to be when, like, I was in, like, 6th or 7th grade, so I don't think they were really that good then.
0: So we're talking Monta Ellis years?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm trying to remember who else was on that team.
1: Can't remember too far back, but I remember, like, then I was a fan and people would be like, you're just bandwagon. I'm like, no, I've kind of been a fan for a while, so. That's why I had to
0: ask, because, I mean, we're yeah. in Illinois. We're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Golden State's all the way on the West Coast. And yeah. Yeah, so when you said that, I was like, okay, is it because of Steph Curry? Kevin Durant? <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of your favorite players to watch? Um FB,
1: Steph, Clay, and then... Now, I know he's a rookie, but I like watching LaMelo. He's been pretty good and Trey young. Those would have to be, like, my favorites to watch.
0: Okay, okay. Do you watch college ball?
1: Uh, I do. That's probably what I watch, maybe a little bit more than the NBA, but I probably watch the WNBA the most, probably out of the two.
0: Okay. What's your WNBA team? Mm.
1: Hmm. That one... I feel like varies, because I like all of them. So maybe Seattle, because they have, like, Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird. And they're, like, a powerhouse. Bandwagon. (laughs) Yeah, that one coming. (laughs) No love for the Chicago Sky? My mom likes them. I don't know, ever since they, like, Pokey left and, like, Elena Deladon and all them, and they rebuilt, I'm, like, I wasn't really much of a fan. But my mom's still a fan, so...
0: Gotcha. Well, more props to your mom for being a real fan. <laughs> Man, talking about all this basketball, I just want to be at a game right now.
1: Me too. I If, like, the tournaments were going on like they were last year, I, uh, my mom said she was going to take me back to the Women's Big Ten tournament, but can't have any fans, so that was out the window this year. Yeah, it's just it's a tragedy.
0: It's a tragedy for all of us.
1: I need some normalcy back.
0: Yeah, something, something. Well, cannot have you on Edge of Your Seat Podcast without playing a game, so we are going to do some hot potato. The way this works is I'm going to give you two people, places, things, items, whatever, and you pick which one you like the best, all right? All right. That sounds good. I think I'm going to start with some basketball players. We'll go... we got to do that every time. All Jordan right. or LeBron? Um, I'd have to
1: pick Michael Jordan. i think Feel like he's just the adversity that he's gone through, and kind of like my like I have adversity too. And if he could go through what he went through and get to the top, like why can't I like emulate like his game after mine? So I'd have picked Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade. And I'd probably have to pick Kobe Bryant. Just how like his mentality was, getting in the gym really early, and then take a break, and then, like, come back middle day, and then, like, leave, and then, like, come back. Just having that work ethic, and that's what made him stand out from everybody. So Kobe Bryant.
0: I know you said Trey Young's one of your favorites, but with their, you know, Rookie of the Year campaigns, when it was their year, Trey Young, Luka Doncic.
1: Mm, That was going to be tough, but I'd have to say um, Trey Young, just how... He like played at college and then came in and like was like, kind of like lights out and try is trying to rebuild the Atlanta Hawks and that him like never give up attitude. I would have to pick Trey Young,
0: Russell Westbrook, James Harden.
1: Uh, um, it's gonna have to probably be Russell Westbrook and just how like he carries the team like on his back and gets like everyone involved and does his thing. I just think he's better overall so i'd have to pick russell westbrook i heard
0: that one of your favorite players of all time is pistol pete maravich so we got to go pistol pete or you know i know him from his atlanta hawks days so pistol pete or dominique wilkins
1: i um, be pistol pete i might not have been able to watch him but i've like seen his movie and like read his book and I and watching like his videos on his ball handling and mechanics, and just wanting to emulate after him, I'll have to pick Pistol Pete. Okay,
0: okay, Pistol Pete with the victory.
1: <laughs> Let's switch it up from basketball.
0: Let's go pizza or tacos.
1: Mm-mm. I'd have to go with pizza. Pop or tea? Uh, not really a big tea person, so I guess pop. Doritos
0: or pretzels?
1: Um, pretzels.
0: Let's go. Hall colors: red or black? Red,
1: cause that's my favorite color.
0: Gotcha. And then let's go. IVCC: purple or white? Gonna have to go with purple. And just because the holiday season passed us, Christmas or New Year's? Mm,
1: happy Christmas, just like the feeling of being with family and spreading like the love and everything i'd have to go at christmas
0: good stuff did you get anything you wanted this year
1: um i did by getting a vacation to florida and a new laptop so i couldn't ask for more
0: no i'm gonna ask for your christmas gifts (laughs) well thank you kaylee Shokuski for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Always appreciate it. Hopefully, I see a lot of you real soon.
1: Hopefully, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity, and I hope it helps someone uh, out there. Thank you.
0: Hold on. We got to elaborate on that real quick. I can't let you go yet. When you say help somebody out there, what exactly do you mean?
1: Just like if someone sees like, they have their own adversity, and then they see hear this or one day see me and they know okay so she went through all this then by me going through the same thing or my own adversity I can do anything. I can become anybody I want to be and just be if I can help somebody out and they can like better themselves or than the people around them one day then I'm happy and I think then I did my job.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I like that. I like that attitude, that mindset. Now I can let you go. It's official. You can <laughs> you can leave Evolutionary Podcast now. Okay. Thank
1: you.